the University of Essex podcast, your non-stop shop to learn about our research, hear genuine student experiences, and to get all your questions answered. Welcome to Understanding University, the ultimate uni podcast. My name is Katie and I work for the University of Essex outreach team, helping to deliver activities and events to support students and guide them on their higher education journeys. The outreach team believe that all students, regardless of their background, education or where they come from, should have an equal opportunity to discover whether higher education could be part of their future. Our podcast is designed to give listeners an insight into university life, including the journey before, during and after, dispel some of the myths out there and also motivate and excite you to achieve your potential. If you'd like to know more or have any questions, please contact us by emailing outreach at essex.ac.uk. Today's episode is in collaboration with Make Happen. We are based in Essex and form part of the Office for Students UniConnect programme who offer activities, advice and information on the benefits and realities of going to university or college. We contribute to reducing the gap in higher education participation between the most and least represented groups, whilst equipping young and adult learners from underrepresented groups to make an informed choice about their options in relation to the full range of routes. It doesn't matter how old you are when you start university. Some students decide to go straight after they finish college or sixth form. Some decide to go after a gap year. Some decide to not go at all. And then there are some people who decide to take on a course at a later stage in their life. Those that start their course at the age of 21 or over are called a mature student or adult learner, and this is recognised by UCAS and other higher education organisations. Today's episode is dedicated to adult learners to hopefully inspire other adults to take the leap into higher education. I'll be joined by a couple of guests today who have volunteered their time outside of their studies and work to provide you with an insight to life as an adult learner and how you can get there too. So first of all, um, please could you introduce yourselves? Let's start with Abby. Hello, my name is Abby and uh, I am a second year um, nursing student of um, the University of Essex. And uh, I am a mother, a proud mother of three lovely children. Oh, <laughs> that's lovely to hear. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And Matt, let's hear from you. Hello, uh, I'm Matt. I'm a tutor with Adult Community Learning in Essex and uh, we deliver the Access to Higher Education course and I teach on the social sciences course, so like psychology, sociology and uh, criminology as well. Oh, wow. And um, I know that you have recently returned to learning as well. So you are a current student too. Yeah, that's right. I've started my master's doing a survey Oh, I always forget the title of it. It's survey design and methodology, but it's it's something that I'm really interested in. So I'll let you off. It's only been about a week into the term, <laughs> I think. Um, I'm sure you'll you'll crack that title by by the end of the year. But yes, welcome both of you to the podcast. I'm very excited to hear a bit more about um, not only both of your learning experiences as mature students, um, but a bit more from Matt as well about uh, what an access course is and and what students can look out for if they are interested in going into uh, university courses in particular. Um, so I think what would be great for our listeners is to hear a bit more about your background, Abby, um, to hear a bit more about your education in terms of where you came from, uh, what qualifications you had before university um, and your motivations for this. So, yeah, just just give our listeners a little bit more about you. Um, I am um, a Spanish citizen. I'm from Spain. So I moved to the UK six years ago. And to be honest, I um, didn't have 
that qualification required to go to to study actually to do what I wanted to do. And I just came to the UK and uh, did my research. Had to start from the very very bottom of it. So. I started by doing um, functional skills, uh, started from um, level one, math, English, and uh, and I realized I got myself into uh, doing access course, and I was like, wow, how did I get here? And then, yeah, the support was amazing, amazing, and yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed the process of it. If you put your mind to it, you definitely get there. And that was what I said to myself in the end, yeah. Ah, oh, brilliant. So the access course then, how did you find out about it? Um, when I started doing um, my functional skills, um, the teachers there um, told me about um, access course and how I can actually go to uni after that. And they talked me through it and uh, I got the phone number from them, rang them and they explained a bit more. They gave me more information about it. Went there and they um, talked me through it even further. And I thought, yeah, I think I can do this. Oh, great. So what was your motivations to get these qualifications then? What initially made you go, OK, I need to get my functional skills and then I'm going to go on to the access course and from there? Um, because I've always wanted to be a nurse. So, and I wanted to actually inspire my kids as well. I wanted to be able to set that example for them. I wanted to be that person they're looking up to, like, mommy is doing this, why can't we do it? Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And I think um, it would be quite appropriate to actually talk to Matt a bit more about the access course um, because you you actually teach students on an access course. So, um, Matt, could you briefly outline what an access course is for our listeners, um, sort of the purpose of them? Yeah, so the Access to Higher Education Diploma, um, it's quite an intense diploma, uh, but it is really geared towards setting people up to go to university. And what we find is learners that complete the access course actually have a really good grasp of understanding what it is that they need to do when they move on to university study. And you can do an access course in pretty much anything. They've got quite a lot of different um, subjects available for you. So I teach on the social science one. Um, at ACLSX we also offer the uh, sciences one, which is more biology, chemistry and physics. But then you can go into really specialised areas like criminology, um, there's one in adventure, uh, like tourism and travel, um, really at the radiography and healthcare sciences. Um, so there's so much to choose from. Um, but what we know is that the actual subjects that you're studying, whilst it's important and you learn a lot um, and the things that you're interested in, it's actually those skills around the access diploma that you learn that are the most vital things for when you come to university. So things around academic reading, academic writing, they really set up students for when they come to university to be able to do the lectures and complete the work um, for a university study. Fantastic. Um, so it really just helps with those motivations for students to get, to be able to get there as well. Oh yeah, um, further to what Mark uh, just said, regarding the intensity of access course, it was intense. Mm -hmm. It was honestly, I, I, I would sit and just cry. But then, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was going to give up. But then the support was there in speaking up. If you're struggling, just speak up. 
and then you actually find yourself doing it and then yeah so what sort of uh, support did you get from your cheetah while you were there well um i i can remember when i um when i um requested to um have a one to one with one of my teachers and he just said to me abby i'm going to be honest you're right it's very intense but then what is it you want us to help you with and i said writing I'm struggling with writing. I can't even structure an essay. And then they offered me this great support of how I can actually um, write. And uh, even sometimes knowing what you're doing, you think you're, you know what you're doing. Then when you're actually starting, you, you, you just lose control of it. You don't know what you're doing anymore. But then, yeah, with, with the support, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Matt, have you... When you're advising your students, do you get many that have certain barriers that come to you um, to that need further support in that in that respect as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, adult learners come with their own um, set of experiences and challenges, mm-hmm. uh, and that can be quite difficult at times for people to be able to juggle things like childcare, um, being able to make sure that they've got their house, you know, when you go into school or college, you've probably not got, most people don't have that much stuff to worry about. Uh, They can just get up in the morning and go to college. But with adult learners, you might have things like having to get your children ready for school as well before you get to um, to college. Um, It might be that you're worried about something about money. um, And so all of those things can have a really big impact on people's ability to learn and um, come to classes. But the support that we offer, um, particularly at ACL, there's loads of support with funding, um, particularly around childcare. So if you do need um, help and support with that, then there's so many opportunities there. Um, it's just about finding those pieces of information. Um, but one of the really important things about adult learners is that they come with, yes, their set of challenges, but they've also got so much life experience that they can yes, bring definitely. to the learning environment. And for the most part, particularly with sociology, which is what I teach, um, they have a really clear understanding of like society and things that are going on around them. Um, and those experiences from the workplace, maybe, or just from their life, um, really enrich the lessons that we have and I find that people know it all already it's just about organizing it uh, and putting it into that sort of structure that is for academic study. Mm, Thanks Matt that's really encouraging and I hope that listeners who are maybe worried about returning to learning would sort of see that as like a as a positive um, in how they can impact not uh, not only other people on the course but also that they would settle in well I think. Um, Matt it would be great to also hear, because obviously you've returned to learning, how are you finding it? Yeah, it's, I mean, I've never stopped. I think once you start learning, you get the bug for it and you never want to stop if you've had a good experience of it. Um, so I did my undergraduate degree, uh, finished that in 2019. Uh, and then from there, I moved on to go and train to be a teacher, um, which was a, a two year part time course uh, with a PGCE. Uh, and then this year, I decided to come back to Essex because I do quite like it here um, and do finish my master's in something that I'm really interested in uh, around social research. 
Amazing. And um, Abby was sort of just reflecting on sort of the maybe the barriers with writing an essay. Um, has Have you experienced anything similar? Um, maybe you've had a break from writing essays, although you've just said that you, you've always enjoyed learning, so maybe not. Yeah, well, the thing with me with essays is I really struggle with that procrastination um, mm-hmm. side of things and trying to do everything I can other than the actual essay itself. So through most of my um, degree, I found myself uh, writing essays like the day before they were due all the way through the night. I got them done and they were all handed in on time, but it is now especially around all of the other things that I have to do, like working my studies around work and uh, making sure that the house is kept well. It's building in that time to be able to write those essays because I can't just stay up all night and write an essay because I've got to go to work the next day. So it is that balance and juggling those different... um, Yeah, yes. Priorities. Completely different from when you're at school and, like you said... In the to begin with, you didn't don't typically have anything else to worry about. Normally, someone else gets you out of bed in the morning as well, and now it's yeah. There's there's those other responsibilities, and I know for you, Abby, obviously you've got a family. Time management, yeah, it is essential. Time management, you've got to be able to manage your time effectively to be able to do it. If not, you just look, lose track of it. Yeah, yeah. Personally, you you amaze me because you have um, you're doing your course you've got three young children your family to support um, and you're pursuing this and you're always so positive when I see you you're just so driven I'm not 100% positive I just try to be honestly let's be honest here you get days where you just like feel like you can't do it anymore mm. you get a few tears but it's okay to cry mm, yeah it's okay it's normal, to cry humans. But, but then just don't give up because giving up should never be an option mm just keep pushing and then yeah you would actually look back and you'd be like how did I do it do you have any tips for our listeners in terms of um, motivations what what do you how do you uh, get yourself going when you are at those moments of lowness well I I just sit and think I'm not going to be a student forever am I Mm. I'm actually going to qualify and then just find that job that dream job that I can do and actually spend time with my family as well yeah so that keeps me going because I know I'm not gonna be a student forever yeah. even if I want to do my master's in the future I'll then I'll be more experienced and more organized so yeah yeah well I guess those feelings they're, they're temporary feelings aren't mm. they and and you have a clear idea of what you want to do beyond your degree obviously studying nursing you you, you said before you always wanted to be a nurse so it's coming back to that. Okay, well, I've got to, I've got to do this qualification to get there, and I can do this. Um, so, yeah, that is, um, yeah. Thank you, Abby. You're very welcome. Um, so let's um, let's find out a bit more about this access course. And so we've talked a bit about what it is, and um, I think what I was trying to get out earlier was that it kind of replaces the level three qualifications in a way that students typically typically get from school or college. So this enables students who don't have those qualifications to return to learning um so matt where can people who are interested in maybe doing a degree or like the idea of an access course where can they find information about um these opportunities well the internet is a fantastic Mm -hmm. place to start um 
And it might be that you find a local provider that is doing the AXIS uh, diploma um, on, on a subject that you feel quite interested in. Or it might be that there's an online provider, because uh, we do know that there's some online providers of AXIS courses as well. Mm-hmm. So um, having a little look on there and finding out as much as you can about the course itself um, and the support that's offered by the, the school or college. So it's, it's really important to work that out. And once you uh, apply to the college, what they should do is offer you an an initial assessment uh, appointment just to talk through the requirements for the course and make sure that you meet all the entry requirements as well. And that's a really good opportunity for you to be able to ask questions um, as well as making sure that you're right for that course. So that's what the tutor is trying to do is to make sure that you're in the right place uh, and that the access course is right for you and that you have the qualifications that you need to be able to progress onto that access course. Uh, and typically, the entry requirements for an access course are usually a level two in English and maths. Um, it's not actually set in stone that the uh, English and maths is a requirement, but we do know that learners that have that level two English and maths, whether that's a GCSE or a functional skills in English and maths, um, do a lot better on the course and have that ability to uh, write in the style that we need them to. Mm, Thank you. Does it matter if um, a student who is interested in doing an access course has made their mind about university beyond that? Uh, Does it matter if they're not sure about whether they want to go, can you just do an access course alone? Absolutely, yeah. So I think one of the best things to do is to just go and see what happens, really. Mm. Um, We have a lot of, there's a lot of people that are driven towards um, a career um, and they know in their head what they are going to do in the future Uh, and that's probably quite important for people because they need to know that they can earn money uh, they need to know that they've got a stable job but I think learning for learning's sake is has got its benefits as well just finding things out about the world um, and working out just what it is you want to do Mm. can be a really helpful process through learning yeah. Particularly on an access course. Yeah, thank you. So those that are doing the access course to go into university, is it important that they pick an access course subject related to that university subject area as well then? In some cases, yes. Uh, and in some cases, no, not at all. So it depends what university you're looking to go to. Uh, and you need to pay really close attention to the entry requirements for each of the courses. Um, so some will say that you specifically need a access to higher education diploma with a science background. Others will say that you just need an access to higher education diploma and to have achieved 45 credits at merit or above. But it's really important as well to remember that um, when you make your application to university, whether that's uh, directly to the university or through UCAS, um, it's really important that they are... Um, they're going to be looking at you as a holistic person. Mm. They're looking at your all of your life experiences um, and what has led you to this point. So it's not necessarily they're going to be looking specifically for those grades. Um, they're looking to make sure that you are a good student and can complete the degree programme. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. There's some really great insight there into 
potentially um, how to apply for an access course and and look out for that initial assessment as well. That sounds really like a positive start um, to returning to learning. Um, And obviously, these sorts of qualifications do cost money. um, And I think it would be important to sort of highlight um, what this involves and sort of the financial support that you can get for these. Um, So I'll leave that to you, Matt, if that's okay to explain. Yeah, absolutely. So the access course is funded uh, in two ways. The first is if you're aged um, 19 to 24, um, you will get the course fully funded and that's your sort of legal entitlement for that. Um, And then if you're aged 24 or above, or you've already done an access course in the past through that legal entitlement, um, you apply for a advanced learner loan, which works in a very similar way to a student loan, except once you um, have completed the access diploma and if you move on to uh, undergraduate degree, then the advanced learner loan will be written off and you'll just have that student loan for your undergraduate degree. Yeah, great. Thank you, Matt. And um, Abby, in terms of student finance and things like that, was that something you had to really consider before going into university or was it simply not a worry for you? You knew that there was the financial support there from student finance? Um, yeah, I knew the support was there from uh, student finance, but uh, then you have to be eligible for it. Mm. And if you are, if you're not up to three years, if you're not been living in the UK uh, for yeah. up to three years, you can't, you won't be eligible for it. I think um, you can't be um, be eligible for just the um, tuition fee yeah. and not the maintenance loan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I knew yeah I was gonna be eligible for it, and yeah that sort of made me feel better. Yeah, so you were eligible for the you knew straight away about the tuition yes. fees, so you could that was supported. Um, but in terms of maintenance, though, then you weren't eligible. Um, because I was over five years in the UK, I knew I would be eligible for both tuition fee, tuition loan, and. Uh, um, a maintenance loan so mm-hmm. I was okay yeah yeah and I'm I'm a, I think I'm aware that you work alongside your studies as well um and I presume that's to financially support you and your family and your studies yeah so I had to juggle it as well so I study full-time and I work as well all thanks to uh, uh honestly um with talking and opening up and say I need to work mm. I need to uh, if just when you speak up the support is always there yeah so uh, I've been juggling it and childcare hasn't been easy either but then yeah I've been okay at the moment you've managed to juggle yeah, it okay juggle it. how about when you were doing your access course then were you working alongside that as well Yes, I, I was working alongside Aswes course, which made even even more difficult. But yeah, it's it just when I realized that uh, Aswes course would give me the um, the skills mm. and would build me up ready for uni. Yeah, and which I can assure you, yeah, it has because <laughs> I'm in my second year. In my fa- I, in the beginning when I started Aswes course, I didn't know what I was doing. But getting to the end of it, I started to understand what it was all about. Oh. Not everything, but yeah. And then my first year at uni, 
I did so brilliantly. Thank, thanks, thanks to Access Course. <laughs> I keep telling everyone. Yeah. Come and do, do access course if you want to go to uni, please. It will get you ready for ahead of uni. Yeah. So you'll be fine when All you that do preparation. Preparation, yeah. So how many um days a week or hours a week typically were you studying on the access course? Um I think I was doing three days a week. So yeah. yeah. yeah so that gives me time to even work <laughs> as well. So yeah, it was three days a week, but then the workload is a lot. So you have to manage your time effectively. Yes, of course. Yeah, because a lot of um a lot of this type of qualifications whether it's an access course or going into university um, you are expected to do a lot of independent study and I guess that's what the access course supports you with is that relearning how to sit aside and do some readings and do um, maybe if it's a coursework um, or assignments because at university you have to continue doing that and um, whereas when you're at school and college when you're younger, you you have someone to to guide you with that. You've got your parents or carers as well to guide you with that. But as an adult, you're kind of looking around and going, "Who's the adult now?" Sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, that is I'm the adult, so I've got to push myself to do that. So, um, so yeah, if you're doing the access course about three times a week, as well as your independent learning, you were you you were confidently able to then add in a maybe a part-time job as well I guess yes I was able to work uh part-time as well yeah but but then that doesn't mean that I because I I it's three days a week and I'm I have to work part-time then it's just you have to like set time for study as well I remember one time I submitted one of my work at 3 a.m in the morning <laughs> and my tutor emailed me the next morning she, she was like what what were you doing awake at that time and I said it's time management, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to manage my time. This is it's all quiet. The kids are sleeping, so yeah. And she laughed and yeah. So, yeah, yeah, as a parent, sometimes mm-hmm. it is that that case, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, early hours of the morning. Um, so yeah, you're you're dealing with a lot, and you're doing it very well. So Thank well you. done. Um, we are approaching the end of our episode, um, so I would love to hear um, maybe some some top tips. If we relate them perhaps to, we were just talking a bit about student finance and budgeting. Have you got any budgeting tips for students approaching or thinking about going return to learning? How about you, Matt? Any any ways to save money if you're thinking about becoming a student again? Well, I think it's just keeping a a handle on what it is you're spending and knowing where your money's going. Um, It can be quite a tight juggle uh, with money sometimes, particularly if you're only working part-time. You really look at what funding support is available out there for you because there is so much um, that is there that's not necessarily used because people don't know where to find it or where to Mm -hmm. look for it Um, particularly if you're on an access course ask your tutor because they should be the ones that um, know exactly where to look for things Mm -hmm. Um, but you also get with the advanced learning loan you get an advanced learning loan bursary um, and at ACL S6 we offer a discretionary learner support fund as well to help support with things like childcare, textbooks, um, resources that you need for the course, maybe an internet connection if you need to be able to access the internet for your studies. Um, so there is loads of support out there. You just got to look for it and know where to find it yeah. as well. That, no, that's that's a really good point to make about the scholarships because. Um, Obviously, you've just shared them about the access course, but with university as well, there's scholarships and bursaries. Um, but each university will offer 
different pots of money and they're non-repayable by the way these these are gifts of money to help support you in your studies um so yeah do obviously look on the whether it's the college or the university's website they'll have a page dedicated to those pots of money but it might also be there's external pots of money so i came across this um web page called turn to us um and i i didn't know anything about it but they offer scholarships independently from colleges and universities and um there's one on there simply for being a vegetarian you have there is obviously eligibility eligibility criteria but it is it surrounds the idea of we'll give you 500 pounds for being a vegetarian that you, you don't pay back you just simply get that money so yeah there might be additional pots of money like that that might, might make you go well actually if i had that bit of money i could comfortably return to learning and pursue my ambitions or learn something new or upskill you know there's so many reasons why people return to learning um which we have we've highlighted in this episode which is which has been fantastic um i'm wondering then abby some words of wisdom then don't have to relate to budgeting now um feel free to share maybe some top tips for anyone thinking about returning to learning um for anyone returning to learning i would say please just um, do your research around what you want to do. The support will always be there for you. Speak up if you're struggling and then you will be fine. <laughs> Love it. That was beautiful. Thank you, Abby. And then anything, any final words or pieces of advice from you, Matt? Yes, I have actually. Um, I think just start. And it doesn't necessarily matter if it's uh, an access course and you go directly into that. If that seems like too big of a jump for you, then start off small. Your local adult community learning um, college will have something that's there for you, whether it's uh, like a level two qualification that's more vocational or whether it's a level, uh, an English and maths course. It is just about starting that journey into learning um, and finding your way and navigating your way as to what you what you want to do and what you where you want to go in the future amazing a big thank you to both of you for featuring in today's episode it's been so inspiring to hear from abby um about your story um as a as a as a a mum um who is studying to become a nurse and pursue your your sort of lifelong career and also matt who is not only supporting students um, by teaching them on the access course to help them progress to university but also leveling up in his own qualifications so thank you both for coming today thank you for having us This episode has been in collaboration with Make Happen, the UniConnect regional hub to support students' progression to HE. Please check out makehappen.org for further support and information for adult learners. We have a broad range of resources and a range of videos from study skills to vlogs shared on our Make Happen Academy, our free-to-use digital platform. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to listen to more, our previous episodes are available on the playlist and you can keep an eye out for new releases by making sure you're a registered listener. Please email us on outreach at essex.ac.uk to find out more. We've recently launched a variety of fantastic online courses for students to support their transition, independence and a variety of skills at such an important time in their lives. Made up of short videos, interactive activities and resources, the modules aim to provide students with the confidence to succeed. Our courses include the Further Studies Preparation Programme for students in years 10 to 11, University Preparation Programme for students in year 12 to 13, and Essex Preparation Programme for those about to embark on their journey here at Essex. Head to essex.ac.uk schools and colleges to enrol today.
Thanks again, and don't forget to share the episode with your family, friends, and colleagues. The University of Essex podcast. Research, experience, and information.